It's great to uh, be able to welcome to the pulpit this morning Pastor Larry Sparrow, who has been a blessing to us in so many ways throughout the years and continues to be a blessing. It's always funny when people say he's been a blessing. Well, is he still? Yes, he still is. And um, I want to thank you, brother, for all that you mean to me and to us and look forward to what the Lord is going to share through you today. So would you please join me in welcoming Pastor Larry? you, brother. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm doing this official. I, I brought my folder up. You know, everybody that's come up here has had a folder, so I thought I got to bring mine. Let's see. Wish I had my message in that folder. No, I'm just kidding. All right. I have a handout. There you go. Thank you, sir. All right. I just want to say how much I appreciate Stacy's testimony this morning because it uh, surely um, illustrated the uh, message that I was given to bring this morning, and it has to do with trust. Um, certainly, uh, she has faith in the Lord, Certainly, that has come from the hope that is within her, but there had to be a point where trust had to enter in. There has to be a measure of trust at the foundation of our hope and our faith. So we have uh, become so aware of faith that it is truly about us being able to hear from the right hand of the Father. And... Uh, the religious world has kind of lumped faith and hope in the same group and has really left out trust. In fact, they will use faith in a place where trust should be used. And even the, even the translators of the scriptures in, in a couple of places where they use the word trust have, have, uh, have taken that from the word uh, uh, pistis, which has to do with faith. And so they even are combining the two as though they were the same. But the Lord was showing me very specifically that trust is, is an a underpinning of our relationship that begins uh, with our hope in, into our faith. So several times in this seminar, the idea of having trust uh, God for what is going to happen to us is a part of our surrender to his plan and purpose and in that trust we become vulnerable to what he is doing and it is the key component for our success in overcoming the snares and the traps that the enemy has set all around us so what we know in the natural is that trust has to be earned you can't make someone trust you. Uh, I, was, I, was, I saw a couple of movies in the past months or so where, where the lead character uh, turned to the uh, heroine and, and said, do you trust me? <laughs> it was at one of those points where there really wasn't a choice. Either you stayed and died or you went with the character and, and perhaps survived. Uh, so uh, trust comes from the experience of a relationship that has been nurtured and invested in. So when we're speaking of trusting the Lord, we are not talking about a blind, ah, take it, Jesus. We're talking about, I know who God is. I know his heart for me. I know why he's put me here. And I am, by the way he has done things in the past, going to trust that this next season that the, what is before me is going to be better it's going to be very much built on what has happened thus far and so I'm trusting that there is going to be something more that has been prepared for me specifically and that I have been 
put in the right place for the right time. Brother Mark spoke of the way God shows us what we are made of. And the process of this work is trusting. This is in the testing uh, of who we are in the hands of the Father. And he said, we have to trust God to give us understanding along the way. It's not, we don't, it's not about having faith to understand. It's not hoping that, that faith will bring us to a greater understanding. It is trusting in who God is. It is saying, my experience with the Father is going to duplicate, is going to continue. And so this is where our trust comes from. Now, in our day and time, we know that there are many people who have trust issues. And they are continually suspicious about activity around them. And many of these issues have to do with projection. They look at somebody's work and they think of how they would be doing that. And they say, that's what they're doing to me now. So I don't have any ability to trust what I see. And now I have to invent something that I have to be afraid of. Now, our media system is working to gain our trust. And they have fabulously failed at that in the recent years. Because it has been proven over and over that they are giving us information to bend our will, to bend our thinking, to cause fear so that we'll react in a certain way. And so we have begun to not trust what's coming out of the media. And rightfully so. It's been through our experience, through our, our uh, understanding and seeing how things are working out and seeing finally the truth that puts suspicion in our hearts and says, you know, there's something wrong here. And we cannot trust what the, the, the um, uh, general media is trying to give us. And so I want us to look at this trust factor that is required for breakthrough that we are called to be a part of because God has never let us down. He has never led us to a point where we can't trust him. Now, if, 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 if we are not understanding the relationship we're supposed to be having with the Father, what he does will seem untrustworthy. And this is what the enemy is going to zero in on. He is going to cause us to doubt. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on because that's the counter to trust. If the enemy can create doubt in you, then he's created a schism that keeps us from trusting the Father. And then our hope disappears and then our ability to hear from the right hand of the Father goes with that. And we are left to try to figure out who we are and what we're supposed to be up to. So it's the day we realize today the Lord has delivered us like he has delivered David. There are several words in the scriptures that uh, talk about trust. And the first one is in the Old Testament in, the, in 2 Samuel where David has made this proclamation. He declared that God was his rock, and that he was going to trust him as his shield, as a defensive weapon, and a horn of salvation. And this horn is not just a coronet that makes music. It speaks of the corner of the altar. It speaks of a mountain or a ray of light that has power. And so let's look at 2 Samuel 22 two through four. And I'm going to ask for forgiveness for any punctuation snafus that are, that are in my uh, handout. Just overlook those and pretend you did it. <laughs> yeah, it looks fine to me. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. 
the God of my rock. In him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou, hast, thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. This is a man speaking from experience. He knows that he can call on God. He is trusting that God is going to hear his cry because of this relationship. So this word trust is the word hasaf. And it speaks about fleeing for protection. I think that's significant because where we go, when we go to a place where there's protection, it's not out of fear. It's a strategic move so that we can get the upper hand on the enemy. So when we feel the pressures of the enemy coming, we don't run because we want to get away. We run because there's a place where we can fight him on a higher plane and overcome. Amen? This is exciting. So this word trust, it speaks of a connection of opening ourselves up to God and being totally exposed to the more vile than that that we have been in the past. Thank you for opening that up to us, fa uh, Father. <laughs> Father and Pastor Ron. <laughs> Forgive me, for I think I did something wrong. Nah, I was wrong. <laughs> Hmm. So this is about having hope. This is the seed of faith, of course. And, and what God has put within us all, it comes from the word batak. Batak. Sorry. It speaks of being hid so that we are confident or sure it is so that we have an uh, authority to stand in our assignment that has been assigned to us. It is so that, that we are able to defend it according to the will of the Father. And we know as we've looked through Israel's history in this Old Testament that God has many ways to bring about victory. It's, it's not always about um, a, a frontal attack. It is about allowing the enemy many times to put himself in a place where he can't defend himself. And uh, this, this is a very strategic thing that, that we need to understand so that we don't feel a lack of trust for what God has just done in front of us. So we're not feeling like he's put us out there and, and uh oh, now what? Why did you do this to me, Lord? And, of course, the enemy's always going, see there, you can't trust him. That's the word. So David is declaring that he is being confident that there will always be a way that will provide a point of protection. God is about keeping what is vital, what is important, covered so that it can't be destroyed. So that means the things that you don't need, he's going to let be killed. He's, it's his judgment and burning. We understand that. So we have to be ready for that kind of testing that Brother Mark brought to us so that we are able to identify who we are before the throne and not be disconcerted or not lose our trust in God's plan. God wants something very special for each one of you to participate in, and he's preparing you now. This conference has been a significant addition to our understanding. We sung this morning about a momentum that needs to keep going. So we can't go back and say, all right, I'm going to put this in my schedule for maybe next week or I'll you know, I've got to finish up this job right now, and then I'll, I'll begin to work on this thing here. 
It, it needs to be incorporated now. It needs to be blended in, absolutely, right now into our identity. We're trusting the Lord that what He has given to us is going to blend. So this word for rock is, of course, that word sila, which we have talked about many times. It's that lofty crag, that place that the enemy will find impossible to sneak up on us. Why? I mean, he's going to be there, but we're going to know it. We are not going to be fooled into thinking that something that is evil is good. And it's because of our trust in what God is doing. See, the Scripture warns that there's going to be times where even the righteous, even those who know God's heart, are going to be tempted with things that look good but are not directed by the Father. And so we are saying and declaring that we will not be taken off. When the enemy comes to that place where we have come to know God and are trusting Him, that we will see Him coming. We will know when He has touched us. We will know when there is an attempt, and we will have what we need to overcome. I am grateful for that. So as David testified, this is going to be our testimony and has been our testimony by his spirit. The enemy's movements have been made plain. We are not fooled by those things that look good, that promise to get us there quicker. We're going to rest, my brother. We're going to take that light yoke. We're going to take that light burden. We're not going to rush it. We're not going to be impatient. We are going to wait. We are going to let those things that are taking our attention and causing us to be distracted, to, be, to fade out, to be taken off. And we're not going to grieve after them. Our trust in the Lord is enabling us to see and counter these messages of the enemy that are disguised as angels of light. He's going to come to you with all kinds of compassion and sympathy, and, and, and he's going to offer some sort of a, a solution that doesn't require trust in God. So our ability to assess the atmospheres is standing on this seal of rock. We're going to be able to see what's going on and to know how we are to continue to stand in that place. We're trusting God. This obviously is the kind of rock that Moses struck. He trusted God that when he was going to hit that rock with his stick, that something was going to happen that was going to take care of all these people that were murmuring about not having any water. And so he, he was... He was trusting the Lord. There was nothing in the manual that said, this is how you get water. There, 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 was, there was nothing that he had experienced in the wilderness for his 40 years of watching the sheep of Jethro that, that would lead him to believe that, that that would ever be possible. It was a total trust in what the Lord said to him. And his faith was when he struck the rock. The Lord is faithful to always give us the advantage over the enemy. We've got to know that. And it's from this seal rock that we are always going to gain the right perspective. I'm trusting that for each of you and myself. Because the Lord is always faithful to give us what we need. It is then that David declares that the ways of God's plans are what he is trusting in. It's, it's what God is getting ready to do that he's trusting in. And he had a great time with the Lord in the, in the fields where he was watching the sheep. He, he had a, a tremendous victory over Goliath in the valley. Uh, and, and, and he had this wonderful opportunity to serve in the kingdom of Saul. But his trust was not in the fact that all these things were there, but it was in what God was getting ready to do because he had seen what he had done.
So we have seen what God can do. We have seen how he provides. We have seen the scriptures that says when he does provide, it's abundant. It's just not just enough. But you know, sometimes that's, that's what we have to receive, just enough. But many times God is wanting to show that he can be trusted for even more. So we stand without fear in places where the enemy has and we know is hiding. You know, when you go out that door, you got to know that there's something on that doorstep that wants to trip you up. That's what the Lord told Cain. He said, be careful. The enemy is at your doorstep. When you go from here, there's going to be a temptation that you're going to have to deal with. And you're going to have to trust in my word now to guard yourself. That didn't happen. But this trust is where we gain hope. Verse 4 says, being saved is about our liberty. Wow, did we, did the Lord orchestrate the liberty this morning? Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> Thank you, Mama. We are free to be in the wide, open, unhindered. You know, my mind raced to those days when I was younger, which was quite a while ago, now that I think about it. I'm so thankful I can remember that far back. But um, we had a field that was wide open. And on a good windy day, we could go to that field and we could fly our kites. Does anybody fly a kite anymore? I mean, when was the last time you flew a kite? Yeah, I knew it. Okay. You, you, just, want, you just want to be a part of the service. Yeah, I had a kite once. I fly kites with my grandchildren because it's fun for me. I don't care what they like. I'm flying the kite. Can I do it now? No. We're... <laughs> I got to get it higher up. My turn? No, not yet. Oh, well. But I, I have, I've had a kite so high that uh, it, it caught radar, I'm sure. But, uh, and it was on one of those little spools that you wind up. And just about the time I got to the end of the spool, the string broke. And I, yeah. I'm telling you, oh, and, and that kite took off, and it, it, because the string was holding it, it was dragging, it, it kept going up and disappeared. And uh, so I, I gave it to some child somewhere across the nation who needed a kite that day. But um, we're, we're talking freedom. We're not Charlie Brown trying to fly a kite with a tree ready to eat it. You know who I'm talking about, Charlie Brown? Uh, okay, who? But he always had this tree that kept eating his kite. And so he'd just go out one day in the fall and just throw his kite up in the tree and say, here, take it. <laughs> we are free to be, to not be hindered. We go where God has entrusted us, and we are not fearing the trees of the enemy. They're not there to snag us. That's why we get rid of those things. We chop them down. <laughs> and we grow the tree of life. I don't want to take all trees out. Another word for trust is found in 1 Chronicles 5, verses 18 through 20. The sons of Reuben and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, of the valiant men able to bear buckler and sword and to shoot with bow and skillful in war were four and thirty thousand seven hundred and three score that went out to the war. And they made war against the Hagriites, the 
Yatur, the Nefesh, and the Nodab. Those are the guys that don't do that. I knew, I knew you were going to do that, and you beat me to it. It doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? Nope. This word trust is the word batach. And it has to be, uh, it is to be confident or sure in something. And in that confidence, there is a boldness and a security to move in that boldness. There is no hindrance, see, there is no confining of who we have become. And this is a classic example of the teaching of Jesus about the cost of going into battle or building that tower. You, you count the cost and you assess the strength of the enemy. And then from that, you become secure in your readiness to go forward. You trust in the information you have to see that you are able. And this is what God is providing for us, is the understanding, the information that says, you are victory. You are overcomers. You are going to prevail. And it's involving trusting Him with what He tells us to do, and no less and no more. This is the foundation of a prophetic ministry. If we're going to go off on somebody with all kinds of things that are good ideas that we've had, then, then we're overstepping our, our uh, assignment. And when we create in somebody things that shouldn't be there, our job and our prophetic work is to light the fire, is to bring about an understanding of their true identity and cause them to begin to function in, in the way that God has prepared for them. To realize that their preparation started way before the foundations of the world. So this whole concept of us asking for the presence of God is about trusting Him to be this for us. Because we have put our trust in who He is. We have become confident that we are to function in His presence, and that in His presence, we will be in the right place at the right time with the strength we need to fulfill everything He's asked for. This is the boldness to go forth and to stand in our terio to release the glory of the Father, to take back what the enemy has absconded with and to cause it to begin to function according to his design. Verse 20, go back to there. And they were helped again against them. And the uh, Hagarites were delivered into their hand, and all that were with them. For they cried unto God in the battle, and he was entreated of them, because they put their trust in him. And because they took their trust in him, they took away their cattle, their camels, 50,000 of the sheep, and 250,000 of the donkeys, And of men and hundred thousand, for there fell down many slain because the war was of God, and they dwelt in their steads until the captivity. They kept the land, in other words. Nothing was going to take them out of their land except God's testing. And because they needed it, that's what happened. But this word, batach, was their confidence to go forward. Was their confidence to take what was there 
for their own. The whole concept of asking for the presence of God is this trusting. God was entreated of them. This word entreated is the word atar, which is to burn incense in worship. How about that? Let's, let's just reflect on that uh, teaching on incense and how that filled the temple and how that's our intercession. They're not out there crying for the Lord to help them because they were in a desperate spot. <laughs> the battle was because they had been in intercession concerning the heart of God for what He wanted to do in this situation. Lord, what? This is an awful situation I'm in. Things are really looking bad and it smells too. What am I supposed to do? Through our intercessive worship, we partner with the Father and we are given directives that we can trust. We talked earlier about how God has us do strange things that don't seem like they're, what is that? You know, take a stick and throw it in the water? What was that pot of, of death that was killing the prophets and they, they put in some, what was it, a branch or something? I don't know, they, they put something in there. and Okay, you taste it now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Eesh. But God has us do these things, and we have to trust him in that. Our primary w duty is to be in intercession because that is entreating God. That is calling on him because we trust what he's going to do, and we're not going to do anything except what he shows us. Dennis this morning said, listen, if you've got two, three hours to spend preparing, you want to spend that first hour sharpening your axe. That is not wasting time. We don't want to be beating on that tree with the backside of the axe. <laughs> we want to know that we have a sharp edge that's going to take out some wood when we hit the tree. We are not just overcoming the enemy's strongholds, but we are gaining the riches of God. We are releasing his glory, and it is in his timing. And his timing is perfect. 1 Timothy 6, 20 through 21. The New Testament word for trust. O Timothy, Paul says, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of uh, uh, Science, falsely so-called. We're not to trust the science. Uh -huh. Which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Amen. Now this word trust is parakatatheke. That <laughs> Thank you very much. It really speaks of putting something down alongside. It, it, it's, it's about as a, a guide. It is as when you, when you put a ruler on a piece of paper, and then you take your pencil and you go along the edge of that ruler. It's a deposit of something which is committed to the purpose of God. It's in alignment with the purpose of God. Timothy was being urged by Paul to come alongside with his identity to the message of the kingdom of God that he would rep be a representative of what God was doing, that he would have a true mark, that, that his directive would be according to the alignment of the throne of God. And so it is that our identity before the throne of God is, is what is going to Trust. Be a trust. 
we trust that where God has aligned us is, is what is really necessary. We have a tendency to want a lot of things that aren't necessary. There's no more <laughs> greater frustration to work hard on getting something done only to have it say, oh, we don't need it now. What? But. Uh, hmm. Well, shucks. When we're on our knees with our hands raised to receive the blessing of the Father, we are committing to what we are trusting God to do. That is a very significant place for us to be. And when we do, we have to know that it is going to be looked at by the Father. There is going to be something transpiring between the two of us, between he and you. We don't do it lightly. We don't do it because it's something we should do. We do it because we are trusting God. We trust what he has and what he wants to do. We are standing on the rock of his promises to be incense that is filling the temple, the tabernacle, the testimony in heaven. Paul uses another word for trust in Romans 15. Let's look at that. Begin with verse 12. He says, and again, Elias saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. That's us. We're the Gentiles. This is a command for us. This is something that's been prepared for us so that we are trusting in what Jesus did, what he taught, and what he assigned us to do after he went to be in the throne room of God. This word trust is the word ellipso. It is to expect the promise of God. To be all that he has ever been on behalf of what he has done. It comes from a primary root word, ellipso, that speaks of being able to anticipate the miraculous partnership of what the disciples experienced at the establishing of the ecclesia. It speaks of hope within us that is the seed of our faith. And as we invest our identity in what God is giving us at the right hand, we are anticipating, we are trusting His miraculous provision for becoming those who hold the key to breakthrough. Turn to somebody and say, I got the key. <laughs> Amen. We are trusting the way God is making us as slingshots And we are being perfected to demonstrate His supreme power to do what He has said He's going to do. And if the enemy gets in the way, he gets kicked out. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm getting cues from you, Brother Robert. <laughs> I love that. The problem is when he comes up behind you, you don't know he's going to do it. <laughs> why, why? You know those memes that say uh, uh, act surprise or act, you know, jump out of the way and see what everybody else does around you. It's funny because they'll jump on their counters and everything like they don't know what's going on. You know, when Pastor Robert goes off, it's like, what? <laughs> Love you, brother. It's great. Keep it up. We are trusting the way God is making us 
simple. We are running the front line of God's work. God's presence has to be with us. We have nothing to say. We have nothing to defend ourselves. I was thinking of David <laughs> again, running to the valley with his with his sling. You know, I think we disarm the enemy a lot by by what we appear to be. He looks at us and goes, really? And, and, and then what the Lord gives us just takes him out. I'm trusting the Lord to do that. So that means I'm going to, I'm going to always be asking the Lord. I'm always going to be going before him and saying, be with us. Be with me. I want your presence because your job is going to get done because I am with you. Let's see. Where am I? <laughs> the antithesis of trust is being doubtful. We've got to realize that. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he was urging them to be responsible for what they had received and what God gave them through his teaching. This is our message right now. Be faithful with what you have received. How are we going to make that application so it will produce? We can't bury it. It has to be invested. These Romans were to be the ones bringing the life of the ways of sonship. They were going to be demonstrating everything that he had been talking about. They were to be responsible to bring people to a place where they could receive the knowledge of truth. You don't want to stand. You don't want to be that hindrance to somebody understanding truth. And so there has to be this, this presence about us that is humble and that has the, is exhibiting the trust we have in the Lord. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. This is a call to be prosukamine-ing. <laughs> Can we read prosukamine? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold my hand. Let's go together. We know that this is a type of prayer which comes from our insights gleaned as we have moved in grace. It is a prayer for moving forward in the will of God. It is a prayer for moving with God as we have trusted Him. This certainly is what we have been called to do. So Paul is saying that as we engage in this kind of intercession... We are lifting our hands in a saintly way. We are trusting God to partner with us in what he has ordained for us from the foundation of the world. That's what gets us to hope. The wrath speaks of an affliction of the soul. It can come as an Impulse that doesn't have any logic behind it. Nobody here has ever done that, right? <laughs> For no reason, you just, just take off running or something, you know, weird. I have grandkids that do that. I have a dog that does that. He gets the zoomies, we call them. For no reason. I mean, you just say, here boy or there boy or go fetch that. He just all of a sudden... Choo -choo. That's illogical behavior that speaks to impulses. And we can't be a victim of impulses. This doubt can be the result of an emotional desire, a hunger that's just there. And, and I just, 
I just thank the Lord for how he's made us free. Because that's what's going on. We're being freed from those things. Sometimes we don't even realize how deep they are in us, but there's freedom now. Thank you, Lord. There can be a resentment that brings out doubt. And, of course, we know that this is, these are the things that bitterness is made of. Wrath is something that shuts down our prosukamai. Wrath speaks of reaching out after those things that are not of God. This is reaching in the wrong direction. Reaching after things that look easier than the path that God has outlined for us. So our hands that will partner with the Father not only have to be stretched forth in the right direction, but be reaching without doubting. You ever thought you had an answer in class, but you weren't sure? How'd you raise your hand? When you knew the answer, what we say, Net? That's, that's the kind of hand we raise to the Father. Send me. Send me. I'm ready. And we don't have to doubt that we're ready because God has been preparing us all along. We trust that, right? That's our hope. And because of that, we have the faith that what God gives us is going to be exactly where we're supposed to be in the timing that we're supposed to be there. So actually the word doubt, I won't try to pronounce it, but it speaks of debate that disputes what God has ordained for us to receive from him. It's that, nah, I don't want to do that. Ah, too tired. That's, yeah, I just don't feel it. God is giving us all the things that will bring the most Beautiful results that we could ever imagine. But the process will commence with his judgment and burning. We have to trust the process. We know how God does things, so we need to trust the process. We have to trust that God knows us more fully than we know ourselves. This was Paul's greatest desire. It was to be face to face with the Father and to know his true identity that God recognized at the throne of grace. To be known as he was fully known. To understand who he was and what God had prepared him for. That was Paul's desire. He was trusting God in this. We are trusting that God knows us in our true identity. And so we are trusting that we are prosukamai, that we are moving in the grace of God, that we are trusting that our uh, raised hands are receiving the commissioning of partnership with the Father for the restoration of all creation. Wow. We are trusting that God has miraculous provision being placed in our hands. To be delivered through our hands. This is the key. And we're trusting that God is putting this key in our hands that we can have breakthrough. That we'll be a part of that breakthrough. And we are trusting that we have come alongside with our true identity and are being guided with the alignment that he has provided for us from his throne. We are trusting that we have come to this place of a defensible position. The solid high rock. We have trust that Jesus is that rock upon which we build. And upon which others have to build. It's that beginning point. That foundation. And we're trusting that foundation. We have the confidence to know 
that the enemy will always be exposed in any of his maneuvers. We declare we will not be fooled because we trust the Father. We trust that our position is ordained of God and that we will have the authority and the power and the equipment to do all that he has asked. Amen. Amen. So I make this declaration over all of the saints that we indeed are trusting God for our eternal purpose. He is our high rock. He is our place of defense. He is our fortress. He is extending our righteous vision so that we see clearly His hand upon us and how we are to partner with that that He has in His hand. And we know where we are now in the times that are to come. We trust in what is coming, that we will be what God wants us to be. Breakthrough is coming. I'm trusting for that. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father. We say us all in the name of Jesus. Amen. No, thank you. God bless you. Wonderful. We trust the Lord. Thank you, Pastor. We appreciate it very much. It's a word in season as we are going forth from this uh, this week of seminar. And I want you, if you would, to stand with me.